Hello, and welcome to the Brian Diaries, where my pals and I get together and talk about subjects dealing with our favorite tabletop role-playing setting, the world of darkness. While we may not be subject matter experts on the game lines, we have a passion that has led us to create and share actual plays with you all. Eventually we thought, well shit, we might as well take a stab at a podcast, and here you go. Each episode we will have a guest content creator to join us to talk about whatever subject is on the table. If you'd like to contact us, you can reach out to us on Twitter at twin underscore cities underscore VTM or on Facebook at Twin Cities by Night. So here we go. I hope you enjoy. Hello, everyone. Welcome to the Brian Diaries. I am happy you are here. But unfortunately, I have to start the show with kind of a somber note um, to you listeners, all two of you. Hello, mom. Hello, grandma. I'm glad you're listening. So my marriage is kind of on the rocks, folks. And you may be sitting there going, oh, God, why is he talking about his marriage? Why is he talking about real life stuff? We're here to talk about pretend games. Well, my wife the other day came home. I thought she was going to be gone for a few hours, walked in and totally found me passed out with a cutout of the Starbucks mermaid and a bunch of cold brew empty cups just like all over the place. So the reason I bring this up is I'm asking Starbucks, can we officially, officially, officially be the cold brew sponsored podcast, the world of darkness games for you to back us? I am tired of saying that we're the unofficial cold brew sponsored Starbucks podcast. Give me some cold brew. I am ready for this. I am ready to rock. I am tired of having to be unofficial, but I suppose we should be talking about what we are here for today. We are joined by Dixie Cochran. Hello, Dixie. Hello. I'd, much, I'd much rather call you Dixie Cyanide. I think that is so punk rock. I absolutely <laughs> love that name. I wish, but we'll call you Dixie from here on out. So how, how are you doing, Dixie? I'm doing well. So for those, I'm going to have Dixie talk about herself a little bit. Uh, but for those of you who don't know, Dixie is an editor at Onyx Path, but I don't want to take up too much of her time. So Dixie, tell us about yourself. Tell us what's going on. Let us know who you, the world know who you are. <laughs> well, I mean, the reason you had me on here is because I am the in-house developer at Onyx Path Publishing in charge of Chronicles of Darkness lines, which, you know, used to be called New World of Darkness, if anybody's not familiar. And I'm also in charge of Exalted. Um, I do edit most of our books at this point because they have an in-house editor now. Although I've been working with them freelance for three years. So if you've got a lot of things from the past three years, you've probably seen my name in them in the, in the beginning, whether it's, you know, change like 20th anniversary, which I know has just been shipping, uh, Beckett's Jihad Diary, which is shipping really soon. Uh, I think my, my, my first book was the Demon Translation Guide. So the book that lets you go between Demon the Fallen and Demon the Descent and kind of adapt your games. Uh, the Chronicle of Darkness second edition. Yeah, so I've, I've been editing books for a while. I've been a fan of White Wolf and Onyx Path products since I was, I don't know, 14. So almost two decades at this point. So uh, yeah, that's 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 who I am. I'm also just a big nerd. That's awesome. I mean, seriously, that's a, that's shows your dedication uh, to the game line. And and as everyone, I'm sure everyone listening is well aware, Onyx Path is is the company that really kept World of Darkness games for the longest time in the limelight. You know what I mean? Uh, since like V20 and on, you know, just kind of kept these games that we all know uh, and love alive, which which I think everyone in the community and the scene should be grateful for, you know, and should give you and others uh, that, that, that really kept them, you know what I mean? The lifeblood flowing in them. We oh, yeah. should really give you all a thanks for that. Thank you. I was really glad that... Um... I mean, I've I've been friends with uh, Rose Bailey, who who used to be the the main in-house developer uh, for years. So I, I remember talking to her around the time when 
CCP and White Wolf were kind of just firing everybody and it was a whole big shakeup and they didn't know what the future was going to be. And then when Rich Thomas came on a little while later and said like, okay, so I bought all the licenses and we're going to start this own company and just, you know, keep making books. That was really, really nice because I know that so many of us who played were like, what's going to happen? I mean, I, I was I was hanging out with Rose when I lived in Atlanta, like while they were trying to develop the, the MMO. I, I saw concept art for that and stuff and it was really, really cool. And to have all that kind of just all of a sudden be like, nope, we're going to get rid of it was really, really sad. So yay, Rich Thomas for uh, <laughs> starting Onyx Path and doing all the 20th anniversary editions and second editions of Chronicles lines and everything. I mean, it, and and you can, you can shine some light on this, but it has to be like a really awesome feeling to be like one of the few people in this world and, and life who can actually like do for a living like their hobby you know like you like you said you're a fan since you were like 14 and now you're working for this company i mean that has to be like an amazing feeling right oh god yeah like i i still don't believe it sometimes i have definitely like posted things on facebook after i uh like while i was editing changeling the dreaming 20 because i was a big changeling fan back in the day i i remember kind of being like if you told 15 year old me that i'd be actually working on the 20th anniversary edition of this book i'd be like whatever like i don't i didn't I didn't intend to go into editing when I was 15. Like it wasn't until I was a little older that I kind of realized it was something I was passionate about. And I mean, I, I thought I was going to be an artist or a musician, you know, all that stuff that you think you're going to be when you're younger. And I kind of settled on English major and I thought I would be more of like a lit major or a writer. And then I realized that I'm actually really passionate about editing work. And um, I kind of realized it like, you know, I'm going to talk about this more later if you want, but I, I realized that as I was finding typos and stuff in published books, in like bestsellers, and I was going like, how did someone not catch this? Like, I could catch this. I, I noticed it. Come on, it's a problem. And uh, yeah, so that's, it, it is something that I very much care about. <laughs> so you're like a word whisperer? Is that what you're telling me? Like, you're... <laughs> <laughs> you know, so I, I, I like to think, my big joke about myself is that I'm I'm a really good support class. Like, when I played World of Warcraft for many years, I always played a healer. I've always kind of played that support class type character in games. And that's kind of how I am as a person. Like I, I like helping people and I like making people's work better. So I have all these brilliant writers and to be totally fair, like you don't have to be a really amazing speller to be a good writer. Like being an evocative writer or a good writer is not dependent on your, your knowledge of grammar. Um, so that's, that's where I come in. I just come in and I take it and I polish it and, you know, make it as, as good as it can be. Well, that gives me hopes because those of who are listening who have, uh, especially like in our Discord or who have IM to me know that I'm like a caveman with a keyboard. I like bang my fist against <laughs> it and hope to get my point across and people eventually learn how to interpret it. So that, that's really awesome. I'm, I'm glad to hear that again. Like, like it's a true testament though, I think to, you know, and you and other people who have started, you know, as fans and who now work for Onyx Path or White Wolf, who, who it's a true testament to your dedication and to, yes. to your love of the games. And so it's people like you guys who, who really, um, you know, who bring these products to fans like me and others who may be listening now the next thing i'm going to bring up and i feel really like i don't want to sound pretentious like i need to bring this up because onyx path is, is is a successful company but you guys have started your own podcast recently right yes yes uh my, myself eddie webb and matthew dawkins who are the other two people who hold the same position i do in the company they're just in charge of different game lines uh we started the onyx Pathcast. uh what two two months ago now um, we've put out six episodes so far and have, you know, more more on the way. 
Uh, we just went to weekly. We, we, we started every two weeks, just kind of not knowing we could keep up with the schedule. And then we found out we were getting way ahead of ourselves. Like we'd be recording episodes and going like, oh, this won't release for like five weeks. Like we should probably just call it <laughs> weekly and get over it. Um, and our, our, our goal with that, like, I mean, obviously it's partially to promote our products, but our main goal with it is to let people kind of see who we are as people. Because I think that with a lot of gaming companies or with, with, with any company, the, the the people that run it are kind of this amorphous, you know, they're in charge. I don't know anything about them, um, which is why, like, we, we interviewed Rich Thomas. We were trying to do a lot of interviews, but also deep dives into, like, how our process works. Um, I think we have one coming up. We're going to talk about the about free, freelancing and how you get into it and, you know, what what that means and what it means to be a freelancer, because... If, if, if you look at all this, like Eddie lives in the South, Matthew lives in England, and I live in uh, New England, <laughs> not as cool as the original England. But uh, <laughs> the, the fact that all of us are able to work from all over the country and from even other countries is really cool. But yeah, unless you've interacted with us at conventions, like fans of the company don't know who we are or what we do or what goes into making a book. So we thought we'd kind of, you know, throw the curtain back on that a little bit and say like, here's who we are. Here's who we are as people, you know, like maybe you like us, maybe you don't. I keep, I keep waiting for someone to leave a comment on one of our blogs. It's like, man, that girl's really annoying. Or like, man, I really don't like that British dude or something, but everybody's been really, really nice actually about the whole podcast. So. Yeah. I'm the same way. I'm like, I'm like all waiting like for negative comments on our stuff. And it was funny. I was listening to uh, the Joe Rogan podcast and there were, he was talking to someone and she, uh, uh, she was saying, I read the comments on Instagram post of mine the other day and it was really hurtful. And he's like, you're not supposed to read the comments. You, just <laughs> up, you don't go read the comments and just let the, the comments. It's like its own little society and you're not welcome to it. So just ignore them, you know, just post right. your and then move on. But like, yeah, I feel you. I'm the same way. I'm like, anytime a new comment, I'm all excited, but I kind of dread it a little bit <laughs> that it's coming up. So yeah, oh, it's totally. Like, yeah. I really love the idea of the podcast because like as a kid growing up, like my favorite segment in Sesame Street was when they showed like how they made the factories, how they made crayons or how they made peanut butter. And, like, oh my God. Yeah. I forgot about the crayon making segments of Sesame Street. I used to love that. <laughs> yeah. So that's what this is like. It's like, Oh, you want to see how it works? This is how it is. And it's like the, it's, it's really awesome. And then I, I really like, uh, I really like how, how you guys are bringing this forth to the public because it, it really like kind of scratches an itch of to see how these books come to fruition, you know, and how it, yeah. all this is done. And also though, it, and in a way, you know, it's like you're returning to what what the scene gave to you. You know, you came from a fan and now, you know, you, ha you have a great position on Onyx Path. And now people you're showing people and you and Matthew and Eddie are showing people how they, too, can get there, you know, eventually. But like you said, these different subjects that you're bringing up and everything like that. So I'm going to talk about that more in our next segment. But, yeah, I really think that's awesome that you guys are giving back to the community like that. And that's really cool. And just kind of maybe you're inspiring the next, you know. Uh, Dixie Cyanide or, or <laughs> Dixie Cochran <laughs> or someone with a cool punk rock name and uh, they can come in and, and, and maybe uh, one day work for Onyx Path in the future. So that's pretty awesome. Well, yeah, I mean, most, most, most of our writers and most of the people that work for Onyx Path were at one point fans, you know? Yeah. I mean, aside from maybe people like, you know, Rich, who've been there since kind of the beginning. Um, I mean, if you listen to, we did an interview with uh, Ian Watson, that was, you know, he was talking about like, yeah, I was a Trinity fan for forever. And now he's in charge of Trinity. So like it, <laughs> it, it can happen. I mean, people that are passionate about the subject and people that care about it, it's almost more important to me than people that, you know, are really good technical writers. 
Oh yeah, and you know, and also like being on Twitter, you know, and seeing someone like uh, Jacob who's writing for Wraith now, or Josh Heath who's writing, and them saying, "Oh, hey, I, I'm writing now for this company that makes these games." It's almost I, I feel like I'm celebrating with them, you know. It was like, you know, it's awesome to see those little moments of happiness come. You from mentioned them. Jacob Burgess. I was he did a Twitch. He's he's been streaming uh, Vampire the Masquerade Bloodlines. It's his first time playing it. Uh, he's doing it like every two weeks on Tuesdays, I think soon. I, yeah, I think you're I right. Yeah. I'm 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 super excited. Um I popped in to watch the stream, but I, I also tweeted about it. And we had uh Craig Oxbrow and Bruce Baugh in there as well, hanging out and talking to fans. But then all of a sudden, like near the end of the stream, Justin Achilles showed up. <laughs> and <laughs> watching Jacob just lose his shit about that was so fun. Cause it's like it is really weird when you're a fan and then you start getting in the industry and you start meeting these people that are kind of your heroes. Um, like I, I, I ended up hanging out and LARPing with, uh, Luke Crane at, at PAX Unplugged last year. That was really weird. And, uh, freaking, oh gosh, I'm going to forget people's names. Uh, Adam Kobler, who also does, uh, streams and, you know, burning wheel stuff and all that. And it's just really, really, really strange when like all of a sudden you're, you're in it and you don't realize kind of how it happened. Even you're like, oh, I'm just, I'm part of this now. Cool. Yeah. Yeah, definitely. I feel the same way on social media. If like one of our tweets get retweeted by white wolf or someone who writes or whatever i'm just like <gasps> you know what i mean and like i i always i'm not like one of those content creators who will um like, like tag you know onyx path or white wolf to try to share my personal stuff you know what i mean like right. the stuff that comes out so when it's shared it like really feels like something like oh my god you know like it's a uh, it's I'll, I'll tell all the guys in our gang i'll send them a pm like ah! you know look and yeah that's behind the curtain for us it's not that big of a deal but yeah i get a little excited but that's the wonder of social media and it's really cool to see like a scene support each other like that so it really uh it's a really awesome thing to witness well, totally i mean like at our heart we're all just nerds that like to roll dice and pretend to be you know vampires or werewolves or whatever so <laughs> yeah 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 exactly that's what i was uh yeah, yeah, that reminds me of something I tweeted the other day. Someone was like, "Yeah, I said, I said we should all be embarrassed. We play vamp, we play pretend vampires. So you know what I mean. <laughs> Let's not yeah. like get too worried what people think, you know. So yeah, that's yeah. pretty awesome. Every time that some like once again in that in that Twitch stream when you know Jacob was like, "Oh my God, it's so cool that Dixie's here." I was like, "I'm not important. Um, I'm not. I'm just as much of a you know big gaming nerd as you are." Like I'm sitting here on a Tuesday night drinking wine and watching a Twitch stream. I'm not exactly living <laughs> living the celebrity life. I, I think I think sometimes it's just that's just how social media is. You know what I mean? It's like you in your own head. You know, we're not. You, you most of the time you're not like physically talking or hearing someone's voice, and so you kind of like have a tendency to like kind of uh, unintentionally, I think, put people up on a pedestal. You know what yeah. I mean? And you're like oh, totally. Some, and when they when you realize that they when you humanize them and you realize that you're speaking to a real person or something, it's like, yeah, it's, it takes a little bit to to get adjusted to definitely, you know. So yeah, I mean, um, I, I I had that moment with Rich when I went to Gen Con and met him for the first time because I had, I never met Rich Thomas. Like I had been freelancing, but I, I always went through Rose. And so when I went to Gen Con and was on the booth crew for the first year and was hanging out with all these people, I was kind of like I had a moment of intimidation, and then I was like, oh wait, we're all just big nerds, right? Cool. Definitely. That that's that should be the model for all this. We're all just big nerds. And I think that's a good point to lead off to our first break. Uh, when we get back. Oh, and before I go to my first break, uh, we're going to leave 
uh, all where you can find like Dixie's Twitter and her different social media accounts. Uh, we'll have them in the description of the YouTube video version of this or in the description of the podcast. You can find them if you wish to reach out, reach out to her on Twitter, follow her on Twitter because uh, like, like you, like I said, down to earth and you can see uh, definitely some behind the scenes kind of stuff. So it's really awesome. And then you can also check out the Onyx path. Uh, I, I, I can never say this. It's such a tongue twister. Onyx, Onyx Path Pathcast. Am I saying that right? Onyx Pathcast. Yeah, it's okay. Onyx, Onyx Pathcast. Path. <laughs> yeah, I have <laughs> Path. Onyx Pathcast. Check it out. You'll you'll see like there's so Onyx Path social media. You'll see Matthew Dawkins, Eddie Webb, Dixie. All share it. You'll 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 see it all over the place. You know what I mean? The Onyx Path uh, Facebook group and all that stuff too. So check it out. It's well worth it. Subscribe to that and leave them a review, folks, on iTunes. If you and I, I'm going to say this later, but if you like a podcast and you want other people to find out about it written reviews or or just reviewing period on itunes will help that get brought out to the forefront so all right we're going to hit our first break and when we get back we're going to be talking about editing and just editing in general for world of darkness stuff so stay tuned hello folks have you ever wished you could have an easy way to find gameplay videos and podcasts or just media in general that deals with your favorite white wolf role-playing games or have you ever wished you could find a forum to share gameplay that you have recorded? One which wouldn't be drowned out by random posts and discussion so that your media could get the attention you want? Well, we have the answer for you in a Facebook group we run called White Wolf RPGs Gameplay and Media. The group is specifically ran with the sole intent of it being a one-stop shop for people to view or share media involving the games we all love. We take thorough steps to ensure the page does not become cluttered and is easy to traverse. We are currently over 1,000 members strong, and we are continuing to rapidly grow with new media being shared every day. Stop on by. We hope to see you there. All right, welcome back, everyone. Before we start talking about our topic, I kind of want to give like the reasoning why not only are we having like like the, this topic of editing, but you know, just like kind of like the mission statement why you know the Brian Diaries is a podcast. So one of the things that and and for all those who know me, you know, like I don't like talking about myself too much or whatever, or be self you know compliment myself. But one of the things that I hear from people as a positive about myself is that I, I'm a determined person, and you know, like if I put my you know, my, my wife says a lot, says this a lot too, to me, you know, like if I put my mind on a goal, uh, you know, I'm really determined. I don't quit not saying that, anything, you know, quitting's wrong, but I really try my hardest to accomplish a goal if I have it. And I think one of the keys uh, to my success in that is the fact that uh, I'm a firm uh, proponent of mental visualization. Like I'm always trying to visualize myself being successful and whatever I'm doing. Now, I don't mean like if I sit there and I close my eyes and will it like the secret's going to happen. No, I'm not <laughs> saying that. I don't mean it like that. I'm just trying to say like there's often times where like if I'm not doing anything, I'll just think in my head like a scenario, what, what like a goal that I'm trying to accomplish. You know, for example, uh, for those of you who, who, who know me, have gotten to know me outside of our channel and stuff, they uh, you know that I um, one of my hobbies, if not bigger hobby than White Wolf Games, is Brazilian Jiu Jitsu. Which, for those of you who don't know, it's like pretty much it's a martial arts, but it's like a it's like a freestyle collegiate wrestling with like submissions. And so I do Brazilian Jiu Jitsu tournaments. I do them like every two months. And what I'll do is I'll uh, you know, and a lot of there's times I'll medal, and there's times I won't get medals, but always to the build up, I always 
try to have like mental visualization of how well I will do, you know, being successful winning. And one of the key, you know, you just can't sit here and you just can't close your eyes and just think I'm going to win. You got to like give yourself ammunition and ammunition and data on how you'll be successful. You know, like, so I have a tournament actually coming up next Saturday. And, you know, when I do, when I'm sitting in traffic at a stoplight and I'm listening to music and I'm just, my mind's wandering a little bit. I'll think about how my coach earlier, uh, you know, and this is all real stuff that's happened in the last couple of weeks, like a couple of days ago said, Hey, this is the best shape I've seen you. in." I'm like, okay, that's great. And then I'll think about how, like I'm doing against my training partners who have a certain style here. Okay. That's cool. So I'll imagine I'll do that. If I'm in that situation, I just kind of like take all this data in my head and I kind of try to put it in these scenarios where I'm successful and how I will be successful and how I'll react to different things that may stop me from being successful. And I've done that from everything from my career to the, to the actual plays that you guys watch here in the podcast to promoting our stuff to going to school, whatever. And so when I wanted to start the Brian diaries, I just didn't want to have like a podcast where we just talked about the games, nothing wrong with podcasts like that. I listen to tons of podcasts that just specifically tell us about the games and it's great. And I, and I love them and they'll help have a special place in my heart. But I wanted to kind of, like I said, like show a little bit how people can take information from here and do stuff. Thus the conversations we've had about like storytellers ball and how to run a game on Twitch and duet gaming and, and, and different subjects that we have and we'll continue to have. So, my point is there are a lot of people like we taught, we spoke, Dixie was one of them who want to want to work for Onyx Path or White Wolf and want to get into these companies. And for me, if I wanted to do that, you know, that's not one of my goals, but if I wanted that, I want as much information as I can on how I could be successful in that. What, what can I take away? You know, what can I learn? And one of the critical things I think is editing. You know, we were, if, uh, if for those of you listen to the episode with Josh Heath about the Storytellers Vault, Josh was very adamant about you need an editor. You absolutely 100% need an editor to be successful in writing. And so that kind of leads to my first question, uh, Dixie, is, mm -hmm. you know, like what exactly does an editor do for World of Darkness, like books? And like, what's a day in the life of an editor? Like, like for those who, who want to know what an editor does when it comes to these books that we all love. We're asking about day in the life. I mean, it's, you know, <clears throat> roll out of bed, get coffee, go to the computer, be at the computer all day. <laughs> yes. I, <laughs> yeah, yeah. It, it's exactly what everybody wants to do. Uh, no, so when I when I edit for World of Darkness, Chronicle of Darkness, whatever, um, obviously I'm I'm looking at grammar. Uh, we have a, a an internal style guide that we use that is you know, also you can use the Chicago manual of style. We have some of our own terms, obviously. So one of the big things with editing gaming books, as opposed to just editing novels, is the terminology. Because there are, I'm, I'm, I'm constantly having to reference either wikis or old books or something and go, was this capitalized? Are we going to keep this capitalized? I don't know. Because like, uh, for, for instance, the term clan is capitalized in Vampire the Masquerade, and it's lowercase in Vampire the Requiem. And so depending on what I'm working on, I have to really like switch my brain and remember what I'm doing. Um, I was editing uh, Scion and Trinity and stuff recently, which use our new uh, story path system. And one of the things that I had to do with that was I found at least one instance where somebody had written storyteller instead of story guide. And you have to actually like really know what you're looking for. Uh, but mostly, I mean, I, I, I sit there, I turn on track changes in Word, and I read the book, and I go through, and I switch things and change things, and I occasionally make comments and suggestions, like, I don't really understand this mechanic, I don't really understand this sentence, you know. Um, some editors, when you're editing for novels, when you're editing more for content, they'll do more, like, content and continuity. Uh, so, like, if you're a novel editor, you might kind of make comments like, 
hey, this guy was in this room a second ago and suddenly he's magically here. Like, how did that happen? Because maybe the writer, you know, didn't pick up that they forgot to transition the scene properly. Um, I don't have to do that as much with what we do because fiction is such a small part of most of the, the gaming books. But that is something that I still look at is, you know, continuity. Like if they say in one section that such and such a thing happened in 1697 and then later they say it happened in the 18th century, I'm kind of like, wait, that's not what you said. Um, but yeah, I mean, it's, it's, it's not very exciting, honestly. <laughs> oh, don't like, rob yourself of that. I think it is badass. I think it's awesome and exciting. It's, 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 it's important, but it's, it, it's not, I'm not creating the worlds that everybody's playing in, you know, I'm just trying to streamline them. Well, I, I would like to, I'd beg to differ because I would almost look at like building a house. You know what I mean? Like I would say right. the people who do the foundation and who build like the frame of the house may be, you know what I mean? Have more of an important task. I don't want to say important. That's the wrong connotation, but do mo well, like the majority of the work, but you still have to have electricians and plumbers and you know what oh, I mean? Totally. People who add their touches. So yeah, I mean, you are helping create the finished product that. that oh yeah. Did. No, I'm. I'm not saying that, like I said, I'm not saying that editing isn't important at all. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I, I'm just saying that it is, you know, it, it's it's what it sounds like. I'm going through, I'm checking grammar, I'm checking spelling. I'm occasionally glaring at my computer because someone didn't <laughs> use automatic spell check and missed some really silly things. Oh. Um, <laughs> if you looked at my personal dictionary on my, my Microsoft Word, though, it's hilarious because there's so many terms that just aren't real words. <laughs> that I had to throw in there, like my my dictionary. You know, when I first started working on stuff, it's like, what's a Malkavian? And I'm like, well, it's a real word. Shut up! Like, just <laughs> constantly, you know, adding words to my dictionary so that I don't have to look at a million red lines under things while I'm reading. But you and also, that way, if it's spelled wrong, it pops out. Like oh, if somebody accidentally writes the wrong, you know, mis misspells, you know, Zmichi or whatever, which I know everybody says differently, but whatever. <laughs> but if somebody accidentally like misspells that, it does pop up then because I've got the actual word in my dictionary. Nice, nice. Now you mentioned something. I'd like to expand on some that you mentioned. So you're mentioning like continuity, like in the in the fiction. Which, by the way, the fiction and like in the books is what pulled me into the world. You know what I mean? Like the little oh, yeah. like, especially like the. Anyways, I digress. But the intros to like the revised clan books back in the day, like All really the clans are amazing. Yeah, um, yeah. I'm a really big fan, actually, of the Vampire the Requiem clan books, just because they're beautiful. Like, if you haven't read through the, like, Deva book, it's it's gorgeous. Uh, I got it. I have a dark secret. It's like, I, I only played, like, Vampire the Masquerade for, like, a year and a half back in, like, 2000, and then I just, like, Mm -hmm. fell off the grid with it and i didn't pick it up until like a couple years ago so requiem is on my list of games to to own and read again one yeah. day to read one day but that came out like in that grid in that blackout era where i wasn't like you know involved so like i hear so many good things about requiem and all the you know what i mean the awesome fiction oh, yeah. in, in the system i didn't uh, so. play much from probably 05 to 2015 or so i just didn't have a group so I, I completely understand that like during all the time i was hanging out with like rose bailey and some of the white wolf kids i was not really playing the games like if we got together to play games we were not playing white wolf products because everybody worked for white wolf and they didn't want to play their own games yeah i feel you yeah that was yeah that it, like working at fast food place and having to eat the food Ugh. but yeah, um exactly uh so i was gonna ask about the continuity so like you know, you you edit track changes, and you talk about the stories and everything, like like in mm -hmm. the books. But do you also, as an editor, keep track of the expansive continuity that's like in these games? You know, like from past books and past editions, and you know, if a writer maybe mistakes, you know, uh, is thinking of like a second edition of a game or a first edition, and you know what I mean, like like yeah. do you track that it's also. 
it's i mean i on some level it's not like it's all in my head or anything i haven't you know memorized the vampire the masquerade meta plot which i think matthew dawkins has and it's terrifying to me um <laughs> but uh when i was editing beckett's jihad diary for instance because beckett's jihad diary is 98 percent meta plot and story hooks um i i did a lot of referencing with that one whether i was referencing older books or whether I was even just on the White Wolf wiki, which is actually super helpful sometimes. Um, Cause I would see this character and be like, okay, who is this character? Were they actually in Rome in the 10th century? Let me find out from past editions, you know, what, what this person's up to. Um, and with, with newer stuff, I, I do that too. Like I, I cross-reference old books all the time. One of the things that you get access to when you work for the company is the uh, PDF vault of everything White Wolf ever published. <laughs> I'm so jealous. I'm just like, like, like that's so awesome, man. <laughs> which, which I mean, I, 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 I use entirely for cross-referencing. Like, I was, I was editing uh, a a Mage Twentieth Edition product the other day, and I, I definitely had to go and pull the Mage Twenty PDF and start like Control Fing to make sure that things were capitalized properly. You know. And, oh my god! I just finished Mage Twentieth. Awesome fucking book, but holy shit! All, all seven hundred pages of it. Fuck yeah, I love. It. I mean, like literally, like I, I mean, I love that book, but it is a labor of love, especially when you get past like the the first third of the book into the system mechanics. You know what I mean? But oh, totally. such a great book. Like Ricardo knocked it out of the and his team like knocked it out of the park. And please tell me the book you're editing was that the Book of the Fallen from Age Twentieth? No, that that one's being worked on. Um, oh, I, was, okay. I was doing Gods and Monsters, which oh, if you nice. look at our at our updates that. I think probably just moved to uh layout from editing. So that's so awesome. Yeah, May twentieth is a, and that's got yeah, that's gotta be a challenge. I mean, cause it's such a vast system and just oh such a beautiful system. I really love that book. So props to Onyx Path. I finally got around because I tried to read it before and I got a quarter way in and, and I got distracted with another book or whatever. And then finally <laughs> I'm like, I am going to pick it up again. Uh and I'm going to sit down, I'm gonna read it. And uh shout outs to Andrew of our of our group he's a huge mage 20th fan so i'm glad i did so that's really awesome yeah if you if you look at our our 20th anniversary editions mage is definitely like almost twice the size of all the other ones and it's just because there's there's so much in mage there's so much you can do with it um it's definitely like it's 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 a beautiful book it's it's obviously like like you said it's a it's a labor of love phil loves that brought that project um he, he loves working on it but it's definitely just a a giant book. I think one of one of my friends called it his home defense book. Like that is the book he grabbed and <laughs> hit somebody over the head if you've got like a an intruder or something. <laughs> yeah, I'm like looking back at my bookshelf at my copy of it. And I remember like uh you know, I would sit there and read it and I wouldn't want to like crack the binding all the way open. Right. You know, because I didn't want to like to damage it. So like I would sit there and I'd have like it resting on my thigh while I'm sitting on my couch and I'd kind of like have to turn it to the you know what I mean, the page yeah. I'm reading. And I just felt like I was <laughs> doing a great forearm workout with it you know what i mean like i'm sitting there like yeah i'm getting stronger like flexing my forearms you know but it's a it's a great book i'm really excited to um to to to, to read the other ones so that that's really awesome man and it's uh it's a great book so that kind of it was funny uh the other day i was uh looking at your twitter and i saw your post about ann rice about where she said <laughs> that she didn't need an editor after she did i think it was queen the damned right no no after queen the damned she after decided the to damned yeah, because her editor was hurting her feelings. Oh, yeah, yeah. Like, uh, uh, you know, we had a side discussion about Miss Rice, and I don't want to disparage people, but that kind of is par for the course. But another book I was thinking about, too, when I read that tweet, and um, we actually did a Brian Book Club about it, was Brandon Carrion's, um, or Brandon um, Simmons, Dan Simmons' Carrion Comfort book, which okay. is 
for those of you who don't know, it's like, uh, uh, again, you guys can check out the, the Brown Book Club where I talk about taking horror books and how you can use them to inspire World of Darkness characters and games or whatever. But uh, Carrying Comfort's like a book about, like, like I guess to, to, to be cheap, like psychic vampires, but they're humans, but they can live a little longer and they feed off like negative energy. So they kind of like manipulate and they can kind of like use dominate almost like a version of dominate. So they'll manipulate events to cause these huge catastrophes. And then they'll like feed off the negative psychic energy of them. And it's kind of a cool concept. And, uh, and it was a book that was recommended to me. So I read it about like six months ago, seven months ago. And I read like the 20th anniversary edition of it. And in the intro, Dan Simmons is writing like how, how or Dan Carrion or Dan Simmons, sorry, is writing about how, <laughs> how how this was like his his baby how like this is the book that like he quit his teaching job you know what i mean he put all this effort into it and he was kind of like going off about like this editor that he had because this was this book was written like in i believe in 1990 or 89 you know when paperback horror novels were just like just being thrown into into stores just like everyone was writing one and he was like kind of like coming across butthurt like 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 about this editor and how he decided to edit it himself. And so now, you know, you read the intro, you think, okay, yeah, maybe he, he's right. You know? So you, I read this book and like I reviewed, I gave it like a three out of five stars. And there's a point when I was reading that book, I'm like, dude, you should have called that editor up, man. <laughs> Cause like, I'm like, this, this book is like, just there's parts of it where it's good and parts where you're like, this is so boring. Yeah. This is I, dragging. I can't stress that enough. Like you can't edit your own work. Um, I, I wrote a short piece for one of our books recently that's 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 upcoming and like I it's it's 1800 words and when I looked back at it after not having looked at it for eight months I found typos and like I, I'm an editor this is my job but you can't edit your own work because you 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 look at it so much and you you reread it and reread it and whatever I mean there are some of our writers that give me super super clean copy and that's great but I'm still gonna find typos I'm still gonna find problems um Eddie Webb is a really good example of that because you know he he wrote Pugmire over the course of a couple years and it was super clean for the most part I still found a few typos and I still miss typos because I'm not perfect either like that's that's why we have a proofing process after it's been edited that's why with all of our Kickstarter books and a lot of our other books we go through the errata thread section of of the process where we release the pdf to backers and inevitably they'll point out just pages of stuff because, you know, when I'm working on a book that's you know, 300,000 words long, I'm probably going to miss things. And it, it, it happens. And sometimes it's my fault. Sometimes it's something that happened post-editing, you know, but like no one's perfect. And you, like, you, you cannot edit your own work. I, I, I don't care how clean of a writer you are. Because um, like I said, once, once you've been in that world for so long and you've written and rewritten and this, that and the other, like there are things that you've missed. And especially with gaming books, because we're we usually have, you know, eight to 10 authors on a book and we're coming at it and maybe you moved a section to here, but you forgot to delete it elsewhere. Or maybe you, you know, tried to rewrite something, but you didn't quite finish and you haven't gone back to it since then. Like it, it, it happens. Yeah, definitely. You kind of, yeah, you kind of answered my, what was going to be my next question there about like why writers should have editors, you know, you need a new clean set of eyes on there. I mean, like we're, you know, I, I, we're talking about offline about some of our favorite authors. I mentioned like Stephen King is like one of my favorite authors. And, and for the, you know, a lot of anyone's probably heard he sometimes writes huge freaking books, you know, and yeah. he is always quick to thank his editors, like always gives them credit. You know what I mean? For like really like helping him make his books as good as they are, you know? Yeah. Uh, well, the, the, the entire reason I started thinking I could do this is because I was reading a book series many years ago. I'm not going to call out any names. 
But um, <laughs> it was a series I've been reading for a while. New York Times bestselling author, like, you know, constant, you know, all of all of the books were were, were bestsellers. And I, I, I found a typo here and there. And I was like, whatever, you know, but I was finding the typos mostly in the mass market editions, which meant that it had been through one or two editions at that point, And that kind of bothered me. And then I got to one of the books, I forgot which book it was, but there was a chapter where one of the main characters' names was misspelled for the whole chapter. And then after that, it was back to normal. Like, I thought they had brought in a new character <laughs> at one point. I was like, oh, is this a new character with the same name? That's really weird. Uh, but it wasn't. It was just, a, it, it was a typo. And it was a typo that continued through the whole chapter. And I'm kind of like, well, you should get a better editor. Like, what's what's wrong with you? Exactly. Yeah. Because you almost, I mean, and I don't want to sound like, again, I don't want to sound pretentious, but like, we're all paying money for these goods. You know what I mean? And yeah. if you are giving your money to this, this publishing company, and I understand there's some unforeseen consequences that will happen. But like you said, this is a thing that went through two three layers of, you know what I mean? Different versions of the book that where it could have been caught. It could have yeah. been brought out that the whole chapter, the main character's name is spelled wrong. Yeah. And that's, that right there speaks to me on a principle level that like someone in the, in the chain didn't care. They just want your money and they're, you know what I mean? They're going to throw it out there and you're going to buy it anyways. That's, you know, that's at least the conclusion yeah. I come to my, well, I mean, it, it, it could be a lot of things. It, it, it could be that the author rewrote that one chapter and sent it in to replace it last minute you know like there's there's a lot of reasons that it, it could happen but like everything needs to go through editing um one one of the things that a lot of them like now about having me in house is that i not not the monday meeting notes so don't blame me for that if anything's ever typoed but for a lot of our blog posts i actually edit those too because they'll they'll throw them at me and be like hey can you look at this and for like the brochure that we hand out at gen con and stuff like they they threw me the text for that and we're like hey can you you know edit this i'm like yeah sure whatever takes five seconds you know that's so awesome. That, that, I, I like to hear that. that. It's just cool to hear that, like that, that Onyx Path is putting that much. You know what I mean? To, with these brochures and like, like, like you said, the blog posts and everything like that. That there's a process, man. It's really cool. It's like, like the peanut butter factory, man. I absolutely love it. <laughs> <laughs> um, so. What, if someone wanted to become an editor, like someone's listening to him, like, man, I really love that. Or I think I have what, you know, because there's a difference, right? Between, you know, I'm catching typos in this book that I'm reading, you know what I mean? Like you did to like getting to where in life you're doing that for a living. So what, what, what path in life or what steps should people take if they want to become an editor? You know, like what, like, are there any examples you can give or any advice you can give on what someone should do? I mean, it's, it's, it's different for everybody. Like, obviously I've only walked my own path, um, which, you know, it, there's a lot of just putting yourself out there that's that's important. Um, I started, personally, I started by editing my college newspaper when I was in college. Um, I, I pretty much walked into the office of the newspaper and said, hi, I'd like to copy edit your newspaper. And they kind of went, oh, we don't have one of those. I've been doing it myself. Okay, you have a job. Um, and I copied edited the college newspaper for two years. And then I... Um, I, I, I did some free work for friends. I would throw myself out there and be like, hey, I know that you're writing a self-published novel. Like, I don't recommend working for free if you can help it, obviously. But, like, it's not bad to get some practice in. Like, if you think about it as practice and not as I'm working for free, it is nice just to kind of get your foot in the door with places. Um, if you want to edit for role-playing game books specifically, I the best thing I can say is to network. Like I got a lot more work after I started going to Gen Con and handing out cards to people. Um, that's I, I, I work for Fantasy Flight still uh, as, a, as freelance. I've done work for Burning Wheel. I've done a lot of work for Seventh Sphere Publishing who does Open Legend. Um, 
I, 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 I still freelance on the side, like outside of Onyx Path. I still do work in the evenings and weekends that isn't my Onyx Path work. Uh, and yeah, just, just doing that. Like, un un unfortunately, not everybody can go the route I did because I did know Rose. Like knowing Rose Bailey was kind of part of it because I was talking to her. We hadn't talked in a few years and I kind of mentioned I had been doing this and she was like, oh, well, I actually could use another editor. And I was like, okay. And she gave me a small project and they, they liked my work. Um, but with a lot of freelance work, I mean, pretty much any freelance work, it really is about, you know, just like hustle as, as my friend Meredith Gerber puts it, like, you've got to put yourself out there, whether it's by building a website and contacting potential clients or getting involved in, you know, the convention scene or getting involved with a specific company and then branching out from there. There are always smaller companies that are looking for editing work and maybe they won't pay as much as some of the bigger companies, but you know, getting your foot in the door and being able to build a resume. Like I've, I've had to cut books off my resume at this point because I've been working for Onyx Path for three years and I'm like, okay, well, I'm just going to take all the least impressive stuff off here, you know, because there's so much I've been doing. Um, that's, that's awesome, man. I like to hear that. That's cool. Yeah. But I mean, to, to be perfectly honest, there was a period of time where I was working two jobs and freelancing on the side. Like it's, it's not, you've 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 got to want to do it on some level like you can't just be like i'm gonna edit books and then just sit back and hope that people will come to you like you have to go to people and i mean if if anybody ever wants to reach out to me on twitter and say like hey i need projects like i there, there's this weird kind of internal network in the rpg industry where a lot of us don't hire from the outside we'll kind of go to other companies that we know because a lot of us are all friends and we'll be like, hey, do you have any editors? Because I, you know, I need somebody. Like, the whole reason I got work with Fantasy Flight was because one of my friends introduced me to them. And it was like, this is Sixie. She's a really good editor. And I was like, oh, hi. If you ever need any work, let me know. And now I've been editing, you know, Star Wars books, which is super cool. <laughs> that, that is really awesome. And I, I like, you, you make a very... You make a very good point, and I'm kind of two things you said there that I would like to dig into a little bit. But you make one really good point. I actually see that uh, also on the what I call I use the term content creator for people who do like actual plays and podcasts. I don't mean yeah, like yeah, totally. who write, you know. So when I say content creator, that's what I mean. But like I see a lot of people uh, who want to be content creators, you know, do podcasts, actual plays, or whatever. And I think some of them in their head, and this isn't meant to insult anyone at all. What I'm saying, I just think they see something like critical role and they think oh i just need to do this and it's just gonna you know what i mean i'm yeah. gonna get followers and people are gonna watch and i don't think people realize you got to put in work man you got to put in work when it comes to any goal that you have on life like you said with you with editing you got to go out there and put your name out there network network i like how you said you had business cards i know an actual content creator chaz from cafe conquest who was doing that at gen con too you know what i mean here's yeah. my card here's my card i try to do that on social media i'm always trying to find ways to like get my stuff out there because I hate to say this, folks, and, and Dixie, you attested this saying you work two jobs, you know what I mean, before you were able to do your dream job here is if you sit there and expect anything in life to be handed to you like that, it's not going to happen. A lot of opportunities in life are a combination of really hard work, like Dixie said, and also taking advantage of the right opportunity, like Dixie said, when, when Rose, when she gave you that, you know, opportunity to do it, you know, and so... But if you didn't have, I, I feel like if you didn't, you know, and you mentioned that you were given the opportunity and that's true, but also, you know, a lot of that work, I'm sure that you put in there was able, was, uh, 
was basically put that faith in Rose to give you that, you know, when she offered well, you that. Yeah. Vision. And then like, I mean, when I, when I did the demon translation guide, I, I was very, very hardcore and nitpicky about everything and kind of like tried to put my best foot forward. Cause I was like, this is my first project. She's given me a chance. You know, it was a 30,000 word project. And most of the books I work on now are more like a hundred thousand, 200,000 words. So, um, but yeah, so she, she gave it to me and then I, I proved myself, I guess. And so, like, if people give you a shot, that's great. I mean, come come, go to Gen Con, go to PAX Unplugged, walk around, talk to companies, hand out cards, you know, tell them that you've done this project or that project. If you know any of the people from, um, like, Storytellers Vault or, or Slurisian Vault or any of the other, uh, or Canis Minor is the other one, any of our, like, you know, uh, personal content creators, I'm totally forgetting community content. That's the phrase. Yeah, um, <laughs> if you know anyone who's writing something for that, you know, maybe they're writing a 10,000 word piece, like maybe offer to throw it an edit and tell them to give you a credit in the book. And then once you've done that a couple times, you know, like I said, I'm, I, I don't ever want to advocate for freelancers working for free. But like I said, if you consider it practice and like a way to get your foot in the door, I'm not saying start editing, you know, 200,000 word novels for free. That's ridiculous. But if you know someone who's writing a short story or who's even working on a blog, like I've, I've, I've talked to folks on blogs who've talked about me maybe editing for them. It hasn't happened, but like I've, I've been willing to do it. I'm like, yeah, sure. Like it's a blog for me, five, $10 a post, whatever. It's going to take me an hour to do it. I'm not too worried. And then like, you know, just start, start practicing, get out there. That's awesome. And, and the second point I want to bring up, and you mentioned it again, is nothing drive. Mm, I, I'm trying to think of a way to say this tactfully without like getting too angry about it, you know, but nothing <laughs> drives me nuts. And I don't have to deal with this at all. Like, like what we, you know, what we do as fans, like running the channel, we're like a nonprofit channel, to be honest with you. So we don't even like monetize or anything like right, that right, or right. have a Patreon, but nothing drives me fucking nuts more than seeing someone on social media trying to take advantage of someone who does gaming for professional or something involved in the game scene professionally editor writer artist all that mm -hmm. stuff you know what i mean like oh hey can you just hook me up you know what i mean could you just yeah I'll, I'll give you a shot like dude these are people who have worked hard especially if they're already professional like you said if it's someone just trying to build their chops a little bit yeah fine but if you're a professional freelancer or you know someone don't go up to them that's disrespectful. You know what I mean? Like I would never dream of going up to someone like Dixie or a writer or artist in the industry and be like, oh, can't you just hook me up? I'll throw your name on my video or what to give you a shout out. Like, no, because they have put in work to get that reputation to where I feel I need to ask them of something. So if I'm going to ask them of something, I'm going to damn well pay them for their services because they put in that work for there. And anything yeah. other than that is just hundred percent disrespectful. Pay, I feel, pay, you pay your editors, pay yeah. your artists, pay whatever. Yeah. If you're putting out a small, you know, personally published game on like drive through RPG or whatever. I have a lot of friends who do that. Um, Rose, Rose Bailey is still doing a lot of her work through Patreon. Um, but even then when she has other artists or layout people or writers on her books, like she pays them yeah. and whether she's paying them out of profits from the book or whether she's paying them out of her own pocket, like that's something you should think of when you're trying to self publish is you, you should have some of your budget going to the other people that are working with you. Um, maybe, you know, maybe it's not a lot. Maybe you wrote, like I said, like a 5,000 word thing and you're throwing 40 bucks at somebody to edit it. Like that's not actually that far off from an actual editing rate. Like I've, I've worked for discounted rates for friends. Um, I edited, uh, Jakob Klunder's first, uh, Storyteller's Vault submission for free. 
um, because he was one of the first people to put something up on Zori Heller's vault. And I was like, I work for the company. I'll, I'll do it for you. N no problem. He, like he's been a friend of mine for 10 years. So not, not, not a big deal, but like, you know, maybe you can find someone to do that, but maybe you can't, you know, maybe you have a friend that wants to get into editing and like, you can work something out with them. Maybe you buy them beer at the next convention you go to, whatever. Beer, like, yes. <laughs> well, I mean, I've 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 had clients that I've 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 worked with. I've been doing some work with uh, Chris Spivey from Darker Hue Studios, and he's like he's like I I owe you a drink at Gen Con. I'm like you don't because you paid me. But if you want to hang out, like I'm I'm there. Like what? <laughs> so yeah. Yeah, definitely. Awesome. So final question, and I got to take advantage of this situation, but at least I'm not asking you to do something for free. What can <laughs> <laughs> what is there any insider juicy info you can give us fans about things that are coming up on Onyx Paths plate uh, uh, that may not be out and completely in the known yet or things we could look <laughs> forward to? I can't talk too much about anything that isn't like already on the blog or known. Um, I will say that we have a couple of things we're going to be announcing at Gen Con. Um, just like last year, we announced Dystopia Rising at Gen Con. Or no, we announced that at Midwinter. I mean, it's at Gen Con. I don't know. All, I everything blends together. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah you yeah. But like, you know, we, we we always try to announce something at, at conventions and we definitely got something that I think is really cool coming up um, that I was in a meeting about the other day. So that's fun. Um, I know that we just did announce for a for Exalted. We just had a blog that announced like the next several books we're working on. We've got a great team on Exalted right now. Um, the Dragonblooded Kickstarter went really, really well. I think the book because we did. We've, we've been doing this new model where we finish the book before we kickstart it, pretty much. Like, it's not in layout usually, but the text is always done by the time we hit Kickstarter. And so that means that we've been releasing the text of the books with the Kickstarter in, like, chunks. So people can see the whole book and kind of, you know, have some faith that we have a book done. Um, just just because, you know, like like every company, we've had issues with, like, late Kickstarters and stuff. So we're trying to really ameliorate that. Um so we're, we're working on Lunar's Things at the Gate right now, which is going to be the next plot book. So you can play something besides Solars and Dragonblooded, um, which is exciting. Uh, we announced a couple of setting books, so that's really fun. But like, like I said, unfortunately, a lot of the stuff that is uh, insider knowledge, I can't really talk about. Uh, I figured, I figured. But yeah, you know, people would people would uh, string me up if I didn't ask, you know what I mean? <laughs> so. Yeah, well, I mean, I, I, I can tell you that I've, I've seen the proofs recently for... Wraith 20 and for Scion Origin, and they're really, really pretty. Um, and I'm very excited about them. I saw the proof for Monarchies of Mal, which is, of course, the companion game to Pugmire, the the, the cat game. Um, and that's a really, really good book. I'm, I'm very excited about that one because when, when we released Pugmire, so many people were just like, why, why can't we play cats? And we were like, fine, fine, we're working on it. God, you'll get your cat book. <laughs> you know? It's gonna be goldfish. I can't think of any. Uh, that, that it was funny because it took me literally like a week before I figured out the monarchies of Mao, and I'm like, oh, meow, I get it now. <laughs> like, well, like Mao, it just Mao is also a breed of cat, and so oh, Mao, is it? I did not know that. Oh, I didn't yeah, know that. The, the, the Egyptian Mao is a breed of cat, and so Maos are um like they're 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 the house that is in charge of all the monarchies currently because they're all like separate kingdoms that kind of have like a parliament thing going on. Um, so yeah, House House Mao is the one in charge right now, which is kind of what we called it that. We actually try really hard not to make silly like cat and dog jokes in Pugmire because we figure that the players will do that. It's actually yeah, yeah. one of the things that's like in the style guide. And uh, Eddie wrote a post in the blog recently that was like, why Pugmire is not a silly dog game. And 
like all the players are going to bring the puns. Like when you when you run a game of Pugmire or a game of Monarchies, it's just constant puns for the most part. But the game itself, if you read it, is actually written fairly seriously. And that's that's on purpose. You know, it's supposed to evoke nostalgia, it's supposed to evoke various, you know, feelings that people might have about their pets, but it's also supposed to be a fun fantasy dog game. So, yeah. That's rad. That's really cool. And I like what you said about the uh, I didn't know that about the recent Kickstarters, you know, like about like them being written before i take a changeling second ed was the same way because i've been seeing like things have been coming out about that Mm -hmm. yeah yeah that that, we actually had the text for that um at gen con last year um for people that came by the booth to look at and megan fitzgerald who is the developer on that now is was was running games um and then we kickstarted it right after gen con so like we were talking about it a lot at Gen Con and kind of going like, hey, we're, we're doing the Kickstarter for this soon. But look, you can read it right now if you want. Like it's, it's already edited. It's done. Like here's the text. So like I, I got the edited text back to them, I think, like four days before Gen Con. <laughs> oh, wow. Wow. <laughs> so they, <laughs> yeah. So this is a good print it out and put it in a binder and bring it in. Um, yeah. So. I'm a huge fan of Change in the Lost. We got a game currently going on with it and it's oh, love the setting. So it's really cool. Lost 2E is amazing. Like, I'm super, super happy with it. Uh, the work that, that Megan and Rose and everybody else that, that wrote on it put in is really great. I've, I've been seeing some of the art coming back from approvals, and that's really cool. Um, it's I think it's being proofed right now. So it's, like, in that stage where, you know, Megan's going through the PDF and making sure everything's correct and, you know, making sure it looks right. And then after that, we go to the, the backer proof, and then we go to... Um, like actual print proof so that Mike and Rich can look at it and make sure that everything is not not too dark and not too, you know, just make sure it looks right. That's awesome. That's really cool. So thank you for for giving us some insight into editing and and for like I said, you writers who are potential writers or current writers or people who want to be editors who are listening, take this away. And also, like we said, Dixie's on um Twitter. So we'll have her or info in the description of the video and the podcast. So you guys can hit her up on Twitter, I'm sure, and ask her. She has yeah. questions. Don't ask for free work. Do not ask for free work. <laughs> I'm just saying, don't do that. Uh, we're going to take our second break and then when we come back, I'll be talking about things that we have coming up. So stick around. High level games, the industry's first choice in taking your games to the next level. We are a podcast blog and new media network at highlevelgames.ca. We have blog posts about all of your favorite games going up five days a week and a podcasting network with actual plays and shows that discuss role-playing games with more rolling out all the time. We are on iTunes, Twitch, and YouTube. Find out more information at highlevelgames.ca, a site that certainly isn't controlled by a shadowy board of directors of otherworldly origin. That's highlevelgames.ca. Please, help. They're coming. All right, welcome back. So this is the the segment where I uh, normally at first shamelessly plug my stuff, but I I just kind of want to take a moment real quick to talk about... um, a couple things before I talk about what's coming up on our schedule. So um, one thing that I've really tried to do, and some of you may have seen that like a Twitter post I made recently, uh, but I guess I'm going to try to summarize it here. But what I've really been trying to do with myself as a content creator is help share and promote other content creators who are on the scene. You know, I'll try to share them on, on, on Twitter, on social media. But one of the things that we when I say we, I mean me and the other admins of the Facebook group, the White Wolf, uh, 
uh, RPG gameplay and media page. The reason that I started that and, and the admin started it is because we wanted to make a, I, I don't, uh, like a forum, like, like a, a community where, where content creators could share their stuff and people could view it, but where content creators could share their stuff and not have to deal with some of the toxicity that we find just in life in general. You know, I'm not trying to like narrow it down to like the tabletop RPG community or anything like that. But, you know, it still exists and it's still there, you know, and I just really want to stress to, 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 to people who may be listening to this, who want to find like other actual plays or other podcasts or other stuff like that. Stop on by the, the, the White Wolf RPG gameplay media uh, Facebook group. I mean, we there and the reason I'm bringing it up and I'll get to that, but there are tons. We have like literally tons of stuff that's been shared on there for the last year and a half. But one of the reasons I'm bringing it up now is Facebook created this new feature for groups where you can like tag, they call it topics, but it's pretty much tagging. You could tag a post with different topics, you know, and then you can, then you can click on the topic. Like they'll have the list of the topics and you click on there and they'll show you every post that's been tagged with that topic. And so we now have been able to, we didn't have this before where we can tag posts. And so like, you know, we'll tag, like if it's like an actual play and if it's on YouTube and if it's like vampire, the mask, we can tag all three so people who want to view content can go click on like oh i want to see what vampire the masquerade media there is and they can click on there and they can find it and they'll show you all the posts that have been tagged on there now i've recently undertaken a project where i'm trying to go back and tag all of the posts that have been uh, been posted on on the group for like the last um year and a half that we've been around i am i think at la i was in like october of 2017 before i took a break on friday because it's like really like oh you know like you scroll down with your mouse and you got to wait for facebook to load the post and then you got to click on there and tag and it's just like it, it's not a quick process but my goal it does not sound like fun dude, no, not at all. it brings back memories when you see like oh hey i remember that person sharing that mummy the cursed gameplay or what you know like the small games you know right and it's like but yes, it's it's not easy and it's not fun. And the reason that I, I'm doing it though is hopefully at the end for people who go on there who are members who want to find stuff, it's easier to find. And also for the content creators who, you know, may have posted stuff a while ago, their stuff can be easily found. And I think as of now, we like for example, like we have like five hundred different posts with like actual plays and like there's a lot of stuff that has been shared on that page. So I just wanted to take a moment to like really thank the, the content creators have gone on there and 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 the people who have gone there like we're over like 2000 members now on the page which blew our mind because i remember when slavic and i who were the, the two people who started it originally started it <laughs> i remember i was like telling him i'm like we should start this facebook group he's like yeah and at first it was just me sharing stuff like i'd go like hey i found this on youtube hey i found this on youtube like different actual plays or i found this podcast and I remember I went and took a nap, like like the the second day we started it was like on a Sunday. I went to go take like a lazy old man nap, and I woke up and Slavic, who lives in the Czech Republic, was like, "Dude, Matthew Dawkins joined," and this is when we only had like seventy people in our group. You know what I mean? And it was like I was like, "Oh shit, man!" You know, it was like this big ordeal. We had like a hundred people, and we're like, "Oh fuck!" And now we got like two thousand people. We got like four other admins, and we like are constantly have people like sharing stuff. And I'm constantly going out there, and I'm like looking on out like once a week. I'll I'll look on YouTube and I'll look on Twitter, different, you know, search strings for different games. And if I see a content creator, I'll be like, hey, come on by, share your stuff. You know what I mean? And I'm always trying to promote it. So what's the point of me bringing this up? Point of me bringing this up is uh, a high tide. Um, what's, the, what's the term? Ah, a high tide rises all ships, right? And what I'm saying is instead of like, if you're a content creator or someone involved in the scene, you know, 
don't try to like shit on people, hold people down. If you see people that are trying to get to where you're at, or you see people who have similar goals, help raise them up. I'm not one of these people who believe that like there's only a limited space for like podcasts and actual plays, you know, like, no, I, there's infinite space, you know what I mean? And there's space for everyone to share the stuff and everyone to grow. So I have made it my goal with Twin Cities by Night, and I've cleared the clear this with the other with the rest of the crew um like on on our on our twitter page every day monday through friday because on the weekends i'm doing other real world stuff but like i am gonna take one specific uh content creator and i'm gonna i'm gonna tell like our followers about them and i'm gonna like share them and say why people should check them out you know and um i suggest others do that too just just like i said help help each other out and i just wanted something happened i'm not going to get into what happened earlier this week but something happened that really made me like stop and think and and and, and kind of like be like instead of reacting to something negative that happened to me it, it actually motivated me to like want to even do more than i'm doing to help promote others so i'm just kind of like i guess saying this to the ether and hoping that co other content creators listen and maybe you can have the same reaction help others out too so like i said we're all in it we all love these games and we should uh, be trying to help each other out. So now this is where I get into the shameless plug and promotion of our stuff. Next Sunday, we have our fourth session of Twin Cities by Night Dread, which is the third story arc of a Vampire the Masquerade game set in the Twin Cities. I am fucking loving it, dude. I took a break from this game, running this game for like a year. And man, it is just going fucking great, man. It's like got that character development we had in our Chronicles of Darkness game, Ultimate Evil, and in our Shabbat game, Wars on Fire. We're just taking like these deep dives into these characters and like the horror theme, you know, and, and for those of you who know, like like Twin Cities by Night is more like eerie horror. It's not like, you know, edgelord horror or whatever, but it's like really like, I just feel like it's it's got that tone that I want. You know, the reason I named this story arc Dread is because it was inspired by Clive Barker's short story of the same name in Books of Blood that deals with fear and dread. And I'm really, you know, through the actions of the first two story arcs, you know, these characters who who are in the story are really starting to feel that sense of dread. Like 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 things around them they can't control are happening. And I just love tapping into it. Characters are doing great. Check that out. We have a podcast version, obviously, and we have a YouTube version of that. So. Please check that out. Then after that, we have our Hunters Hunted 2 game that we just did the character creation session for that Andrew's running it. By the way, Andrew, someone complimented Andrew who checked out the character creation session and said he has a soothing voice. And so if you guys <laughs> like run across Andrew on social media, tell me he has a soothing voice. Man, That's my new goal because he's like, I've never been told that before. So everyone tell him that he has a soothing voice. I, I feel like the way that Andrew handled that character creation session for Hunters Hunted two was awesome it was better than any character creation session i did and it felt really relaxed and orchestrated uh he reminded me a lot of like david larkins from the esoteric order of role players how they did their character creation session him and his wife did for um the neon masquerade vampire the masquerade game very laid back i am super happy i'm stoked the characters our, our trip is, you know, we joke around how we're like, this is going to be our campy game, just like our Sabat game. We said it was going to be our campy game and then just ends up becoming like this deep philosophical, you know, bullshit, you know, which is great. But we're like, yeah, we're going to keep this campy. It's going to be campy. So we're going to see. I'm really excited to, to play my character in that. And then next we have our Changes in the Lost Vanity game, which we're on our like seventh session. I can't believe that. Love Changes in the Lost. Uh, man, the last session, for those of you who haven't checked it out, I perhaps had like, you know, when I say disturbing, I don't, again, I don't mean edgelord, but like, like a, a scene with my character that just really like made me feel like my character is a huge asshole, but it was like a really intense scene <laughs> about, yeah, about him getting glamour. And it was just like, um, man, it was so, so well done. And, and Adam, if you're listening, but for those of you who don't know, this is Adam's first 
story he's ever story told period and he, he has his love for changeling the loss as just like he sold us on it man like he like like by far and i am not even shitting you changeling the loss is the most horrific fucking one world of darkness chronicles of darkness game ever i feel to me changing the losses because with Wait. the theme go, go ahead <laughs> i was gonna say like we actually talked about that on one of our early podcasts because like I think I think Matthew asked me which game I thought was the most hopeful, and I said Changeling the Lost, and he said I think it was the most traumatic. <laughs> and it really depends on your storyteller and the chronicle that you're running, because it it can be the most traumatic, terrifying, just personal horror game. But it can also be incredibly hopeful, like you've escaped, you're, you're getting away, you know, there's all this stuff, and it's 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 a really interesting game to look at because it like everybody seems to approach it differently. Oh yeah, definitely. And that's one good thing that I'm liking about the game because like uh, Adam is the nicest dude in the world, by the way, uh, Adam, and I'm totally saying this. Adam's like one of those dudes who apologize for being too nice. You know what I mean? Like, sorry guys. <laughs> is, he, nice. is he Canadian? <laughs> no, 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 no. But he is from New England. So, you know, you, you New Englanders have like HP Lovecraft and I, I don't know if you guys have a <laughs> reputation for being polite or not, but I'm just going to no. New fact. Um, so, but yeah, he, he, the game is he's doing like a really brilliant job because you know we each have different characters my character is kind of like more of the uh i hate using the term darker but more you know what i mean like dealing with the trauma side and the ptsd side of what he went through and then we have like one character she kind of like deals with her her her, her issues on her own and then another more quiet introvert and then we have like this guy who made like an ogre you know what i mean and he's kind of right. like yep yeah, but like and he doesn't have that high of iq or whatever but he is using this ogre to like really push forward the the meta plot of his story you know what i mean while the other three characters were having our personal interactions and what was me and whatever drama shit he's using this ogre along with one npc to like open our eyes as players to like this this uh, this like huge storyline that's going on and the ogre has no idea obviously in character he's just along for the ride with this guy you know what i mean and he's being exposed to all this meta plot and us other characters we don't know any of the shit's going on but as a player we're viewing it so he's really in a very it's almost like cinematic in a way that he's doing it and it's really entertaining and and guys check that out i cannot stress you enough and just check out the game like dude like when second ed for changing the loss was announced i was just like throwing money at my computer screen i was like just take it give it to me i was just like so stoked and i backed that shit like right away so <laughs> very awesome very awesome game uh and then our next guest on the brian diaries is going to be dixie's counterpart matthew dawkins who's going to be joining us uh the re the reason i uh invited matthew and he was gracious enough to to accept was you know just like dixie matthew was one of those people who started as a fan and look where he's at now you know what i mean i i almost think like beckett's jihad diary is like the perfect you know what i mean like the perfect culmination of like the work that he put into being a fan you know and being in the scene for those of you who don't know and I, I, everyone probably fucking knows listening to this he's a gentleman gamer he had that youtube he still has the youtube channel but he was really really active on the youtube channel like started like six or seven years ago matter of fact when i got back into white wolf i was like trying to google like white wolf educational videos or whatever on youtube right. and his shit came up you know what i mean and this guy has literally started from like having a youtube channel to like not only working for Onyx Path, but also working for V5, you know what I mean? And doing a lot of stuff. So I thought I would invite him over to help, you know, not so much like, like, cause you guys are covering it in the Onyx Path cast. I said it right. I didn't say Onyx Path Path cast, the Onyx Path cast. <laughs> and he kind of gave tips for people 
who might want to write for RPGs because he started from being a fan and he got there, you know, he got there through perseverance and work. So almost like we did with editing here, he's going to kind of show the side of, you know, of like to, to, to strengthen your chops as a writer. So very excited yeah. to have him come. Great, great guy. Total gentleman, haha, gentleman gamer. And, um, and I really look forward to, he is like one of the reasons that like, uh, and I've told my story before about getting back in the vampire masquerade. I'm not going to repeat it, but he like, Coming across this stuff was one of the reasons why it, the interest uh, pulled me in again. You know what I mean? Why I got interested again. So uh, I am indebted to him and many others in the scene. So that's what we have going on. I've had a couple people ask about the Brian Book Club. I love doing the Brian Book Club. I just, um, it, I'm doing it now when I feel the urge. And a lot of, a lot of the guys on our Discord will joke with me and call me a time age because I have so much shit going on. You know what I mean? And I was doing these Brian Book Club like 10 minute videos every week, but I'm just like, with the gaming every week and then doing this, you know, every week I just like, whenever I get the urge, I'll do it. If I read a book that, you know what I mean? I like a horror book that I feel uh, I could cover. I'll do it. So uh stick. And then we're going to have guest appearances too, who are going to be doing it, by the way, uh, Brandon Carrion from full metal RPG is going to be doing one about the invisibles and how that can inspire you in a mage game. And then he's going to do one on another book. I forgot the name of the book, but another book that he was going to talk about mage Two. shout out to full metal RPG, the homie Brandon Carrion. Love you to death, man. Uh, other than that, that is all that we have going on. You can follow us on Twitter at twin underscore cities underscore VTM. We have a Discord link in the video uh, description and the SoundCloud description. If you happen to enjoy our uh, podcast, please leave an iTunes review. I cannot stress enough, like I said earlier, about the Onyx Pathcast. That's twice I said it right. Uh, you, if you leave a <laughs> review and you rate it, it helps bring it to the attention of others. And that's what we should all be trying to do, helping each other out. Uh, if you like the YouTube video, please thumbs up would mean a lot and subscribe. Now, before I leave, anything you want to say before we leave, Dixie? Yeah, well, we we talked a little bit about you know editing. I had to get into that, but I I cannot stress enough that if you are interested in writing for Onyx Path projects, any of them, there's two things you can do. One is that you can go through our submissions page. Please follow the instructions. No one ever does. It's a whole thing. Um, but that's that's at you know theonyxpath.com. But then the other thing you can do right now, we do have the community content programs. There's Storytellers Vault, which is run by White Wolf. They just opened up Dark Ages. They're opening up some other stuff. That's super cool. We also have the Slurician Vault, which is for Scarred Lands, um, which is you know our, our module that we've had forever for D&D uh, and Pathfinder. And then we also have Canis Minor, which is for Pugmire and Monarchies of Mal content. You you can put stuff on there. People will buy them. You will make money off of them, which is cool. But also that brings your writing to our attention. Because if we see that someone has been writing awesome storytellers vault submissions that they really grasp the the tone and the feel, then we might kind of say like, hey, do you want to actually work on one of our you know core books or one of our big books? Um, that's that's such an easy way to kind of get your foot in the door. And you're not writing it, putting it up there for free, like fanfic, you're writing it up there, you're, you're, you're writing it, you're putting it up there and people are buying it and then you are making money off of it. So like we, we, we do look at that. That's part of how, I mean, Josh, Josh Heath, for instance, is working on some of our, our books now. And it's partially because like, A, he was really active in the fans of Pugmire group, but also he started putting up content and we were like, oh, this guy can actually write like, cool. Like let's, let's bring him in. Cause sometimes a submission might get overlooked. And if, if, if you submitted two years ago and you haven't heard from us and you want to submit again, like go for it. We are here for that. Um, that's so many people ask how they can write on our stuff. And it's like, well, I mean, that's, that's how like you, you know, start, start writing, <laughs> get it in there. 
Um, we're going to be doing a whole episode on Onyx Pathcast very soon about that entire thing. So I'd say you could listen to that too. You'll probably get much more insight from Eddie and Matthew than you do from me because they've been hiring writers for a lot longer than I have. But uh, yeah, you can follow me on Twitter at Dixie Cyanide. You can follow me most places at Dixie Cyanide. <laughs> Best punk rock name ever. All right. <laughs> All right. On that note, folks, leave me alone. I don't want you listening to me anymore. I want my privacy. Stay tuned again for our next episode. Thank you for listening. I appreciate it. Thank you, Dixie, for coming. You rock. Thank you. Thank you for everything you and Oxpath do for the scene. All right. Until next time, enjoy the rest of your day, month, whenever I see you next. Los Angeles metropolitan area is constantly growing and changing. The central district is full of new buildings. The Hollywood and Wilshire districts, once far from downtown, now are part of a which spreads past Beverly Hills and out to the ocean. But why is all this going on in Los Angeles? Why is Los Angeles an exploding city? Dawn Masquerade The Demon's Mirror Thirteen Candles Three Chronicles Running Through the Undead Veins of the City of Angels The Esoteric Order of Roleplayers Actual Play Podcast invites you to drink deeply. Go to eorpodcast.com and search the duets tag to find out more. world of darkness do you want to introduce your friends to it but there's one problem nobody reads books anymore this presents you with a problem doesn't it you want to get your friends into these awesome games but they don't have the time or wherewithal to read any of them well that's where brett the hitman comes in Brett the Hitman, your one-stop shop on YouTube for all things related to World of Darkness. Currently in the middle of his Werewolf the Apocalypse series, which is showing tremendous growth. It's going to the moon! That's right, watch Brett the Hitman and you will get style. Flair. Humor. 
course, some dank meme magic. Fucking normies! Brett the Hitman on YouTube at youtube.com slash I love other people's misery. So watch now! If only for the dank memes. Tune in today!